Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Patriots Report. My name is Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. I am pleased to have with me once again our first return guest in the history of the Patriots Report, Kyrie Thompson. Kyrie, you can read his stuff at boston.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at KDThompson5. That's KDThompson5. Kyrie, I want to start off with a very simple question. What do you think of the sound of the phrase, the first place New England Patriots? I think uh, not as <laughs> highly unlikely. I think the way that we saw it happening uh, at the beginning of this year. Um, but I mean, the way that they have played, it's, it's almost like oddly inevitable um, that like, you know what, somehow, even after we doubted them all this time, of course they were actually this good because, <laughs> because it's, because it's Bill Belichick and it's the Patriots. Once they got a quarterback, you know, that, that they felt could operate their system. Oh, well, of course they're, they're going to go off and rattle off five straight wins. Why would we ever doubt them <laughs> from, from a big picture 30,000 foot perspective, give me your take on how they've been able to turn two and four into seven and four. I think that a lot of it is just keeping at it, honestly, because I think that um, there are a couple of things that they adjusted a little bit. Uh, Like, for example, the offensive line. I think they finally figured out what offensive line group they wanted to play and they stuck with it. So, so you have uh, until you know Trent Brown came back, and and I think that the the interesting thing about Ted Karras staying in at left guard, I, I wondered how they were going to play this when Trent Brown eventually came back. Were you going to bump uh, Michael and Wenu back to his you know normal left guard spot? And I think that they're rolling a little bit with with chemistry and uh, you know kind of veteran savvy here, and and it's also sort of a if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know he. Ted Karras has been playing real well. And I think that with him in the game and, and especially with Trent Brown back, they've just decided, you know what? We are going to lean into the identity that we wanted to have from the very beginning, which is we're going to line up and we are going to run the football. We are going to run it hard and we're going to beat you up. And I think that that was really, again, that was what they, I think, wanted to be from the start of this, especially knowing that you're going to start a rookie quarterback. And even if they had kept Cam Newton, I think they were going to run the ball a lot, but they, they just kind of had to just keep on, you know, you know, helping, you know, put the recipe together basically. And then you'll just keep trying it out. And once they found the thing that worked, it was just, you know, the running game has been taking off and the defense, this is the biggest component to all of it. They have the best defense in the league right now. I mean, over the last five games, they actually have, the, the defense that's giving up the lowest estimated points allowed per play, um, you know, per, you know, advanced statistics. So, I mean, they've just been throttling teams and, you know, Mac Jones has been you know, solid for most of the time, really good at points and okay for other points, but they haven't needed him to do everything. And I think that's the big key, not have, not making Mac Jones, uh, win you every game and showing that you can play complimentary football. That's New England Patriots football. I'm trying to think of a way that the one o'clock games could have gone any better for them on Sunday. I mean, outside of the Chicago Baltimore finish where the Bears just absolutely melted down, that certainly would have given New England a boost in the overall AFC playoff picture. But, you know, when you talk about a, a weekend where the Bills lost, 
and the what is it Tennessee lost as well that things shaped up very nicely for them and, and certainly look very good for them at least moving forward in the short term indeed and and you had to bring up the Chicago thing I'm a <laughs> Chicago guy so that was very painful for me to watch that I actually got a chance to kind of watch that game because um, the Patriots aren't playing today so that was unfortunate um, but I think that the the other interesting thing here is you know in regards to the Titans I had somebody tell me that they were surprised at uh, the Titans losing the way that they did. And my response was, I've kind of been waiting for this, mm-hmm. especially when uh, you, you, once you lost Derrick Henry and you know, having Julio Jones on IR, I, the, the other foot, you know, the, yeah, the other shoe was going to have to drop, you know, at some point. And I think that some of those offensive limitations were just bound to be exposed, you know, even with the Titans playing, you know, pretty good defense, you know, for, for the most part. And then with the bills, I, I think that it's, it's tough to know what to think of Josh Allen yeah. because he is so talented. I, I mean, it, it jumps off the screen, right. And you saw, you know, bits of it in that first season, you know, in, in, and, and even the second season where you're like, okay, like, you know, he's beginning to round into form, but there was still that inconsistency. And then he just blows up in that third season. And now you're seeing the roller coaster effect again. And it makes you wonder like, yeah, you know, we, we kind of proclaimed him the best quarterback in the division. And maybe he still is at this point based on, on the production that he had in that amazing year last season. But is the gap as big as we thought it was between him and maybe what Mac Jones could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know that. I don't think it is, which is astounding. And that is going to, I think, really have something to bear on the rest of the season, because now we're talking about, you know, the, the bills. I, I think that earlier in the season, the way the Patriots were playing, you almost kind of penciled in those bills games as eh, they were going to definitely lose one of those two yeah. right now. I don't think so. I, I think that the Patriots are playing so much better football right now that they might be about to really seize control of this. Well, it, it's I think really the AFC East is going to come down to those two games. I, I think at this point, and, and if they end up splitting right now, you'd like to think that favors the Patriots. But you know, even if you end up going to Buffalo and losing, you still feel good about your overall divisional chances right now if you're New England. You do. And, you know, the interesting thing about that, right, is like if they go to Buffalo and they lose, they haven't lost on the road yet this year. Yeah, it's, the, it's at home that they've been doing all the losing. And I mean, they're two and oh in their last couple of games at home. So they're, you know, obviously starting to hit their stride there. But they've been the ultimate road warrior team this year because their style of football plays regardless of, of, you know, where they're going. Yeah. I mean, obviously the crowd gets behind the opponent, but they're, they're out there just trying to beat you up and, and break your will and out physical you. And you can do that no matter where, no matter where you go. play. And the way that the defense is playing also with this switch to a more primarily zone defense is I think really messing with teams because they were so used to, you know, during the, you know Stefan Gilmore's time, especially that they had a lockdown cornerback on one side of the field, and you know you were going to adjust based on that. They were going to play a lot of man because they knew that they could cover you. And now they are disguising things in, in new ways. And even when they're playing man coverage, sometimes it's not exactly the way that you expect it to go. I mean, it could be 
you know, regular man coverage. It could be, you know, that, that, uh, you know, cover one robber sort of thing where there's an extra defender. It makes you, it makes you stop for a moment and be like, okay, wait, that wasn't what I expected. And then you're getting sacked because Matthew Judon and Christian Barmore are destroying everything in front of them right now. And so I think that, you know, the, the way that this is all materializing, they're picking up steam at just an absolutely impeccable time. And yeah, I I would think that a split does help the Patriots. And I'm honestly not even sure the split would come with them losing in Buffalo at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting to see the way those two games play out. The the team for me, even based on what happened today, still has to be Tennessee for a couple of reasons, not the least of which they have really a remarkably easy schedule the rest of the way. They're obviously at New England next week. But then they have the Jaguars, the Steelers, the Niners, the Dolphins, the Texans. And that, to me, just screams out as, you know, a 13-win team. And even if New England stays healthy and does everything it needs to do between now and the end of the season, I don't know if they're capable, quite capable, at least in, in who knows right now. But I don't think as we sit here right now, New England is not a 13-win team. Yeah. Um, I, again. But the, that's not a horrible great. thing, you know, given, given the, yeah. the level of expectation on them. Right. And, and, and the way that and where New England, I guess, had to come from. And, and I mean, before the season, I, I believe the, the Patriots were slotted as having like the sixth easiest schedule in the season. But you never really know how that's going to play out mm-hmm. once the, the games actually start. And so I, I think, right, that, you know, the Patriots are also going to have a couple of, of winnable games. They're going to get to play the Dolphins one more time. Right. They've got their they got their Jets games out of the way and, and, and such. So uh, I, I think, though, that it hasn't mattered who they've played. I think I think that's the, the interesting part. I mean, they haven't necessarily played world beaters during this five game winning streak, but they played the Chargers. Right. And they played a Panthers team that even if they weren't necessarily that that great, they had a good defense and they they took care of business. On, on every one of those ways and, and they and they did it in the same way basically every time with one you know very good Mac Jones game kind of sprinkled in there even though he wasn't necessarily the best in, in kind of all of those contests they haven't needed him to be and, and I think that you know again they are coming in here with a a veteran advantage, right? They've got, they've got a lot of guys who have played in big games here. They have a lot of experience around, um, you know, the, the inexperienced quarterback that they've got, who was also played in big games. And so I, I think that no matter who they're playing, especially if it's an AFC opponent, you got to give them the edge. I mean, because they, they are far and away the hottest team in they're the hottest team in the NFL right now not just the AFC and so I, I think that while, while you're right I mean they're not they're not going to necessarily close this one out winning every single game but I think that they are they're going to be a tough out in every single one of them whereas I think the Titans right they do have a very easy schedule on the way out but if you're not getting Derrick Henry back yep. I am a bit concerned because I mean while they were able to churn out wins with him off the field it's going to, I feel like it's going to get harder as the season goes on and as they're able to adjust to how life is progressing for the Titans without Henry. Now they are going to get Julio Jones back in theory at some point, or at least you would hope. So that gives you a playmaker for them. But I mean, assuming the Patriots stay healthy, 
I think that, I mean, they're, they're going to be a much better team than the Titans. Well, let's, let's do this. I, I hate this game, but, but let's do the Patriots in their schedule the rest of the way. They're sitting at seven and four right now. Let's do, if we can just go win loss, win loss next week, home against Tennessee. You feel good about that. At least at this point, I'm thinking it's a toss up. I'm giving them a win. Okay. I mean, I, I think that it's, it's a, it, it's going to be in this thing. It's going to be a tough physical game like I, I could see this not being a very high scoring game because mm-hmm. you have two teams that are basically trying to win the same way running game and defense and I mean I think that you know they saw quite a bit of what the Titans like to do you know, a couple of years ago uh, during that that wild card game they, they know that style and, and I think also right you got Johnny Smith over there who can uh, maybe divulge some trade secrets, you know, you know, trade secrets of how they like to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that they're going to win this game because they are just playing a better brand of football than, than the Titans are at this moment. Okay. And, and especially uh, given the fact that Tennessee did kind of show its, its flaws right now in a way that I don't know that, the uh, the Patriots have you know such obvious limitations, partly just because they're healthier. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that win, and I'll sit here. And as we're sitting here talking about it, I can envision a Nick Folk field goal with a minute and a half to go that puts them up by two, and then they hold on down the stretch. So let's say, let's say they go to eight and four. Then they're at Buffalo and at Indianapolis. I think that you. I, I still think you split that as 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 badly as the Bills struggled today. I think there's a chance that you split those two games and then you're home against Buffalo and really in truth mm-hmm. you know the, the bigger picture here is these four games we're gonna know everything we need to know about this Patriots team and whether or not they're truly championship caliber but I want to get your sense of you know at Buffalo at Indy and then home against Buffalo as it sits right now so I feel like um I think that they're going to split the Buffalo series I, I can't tell you which one they're going to win which one they're going to lose like I said it would not surprise me at all if they go into Buffalo and win and then come back to Gillette and lose. Mm -hmm. Um, I think though that uh, the the Colts game in particular is very interesting because at times they have looked, I I don't, I don't know. They've looked hard to judge, but then I think Jonathan Taylor is I mean we I think we knew he was a good player, but I think he's he's starting to come into his own. And this is this is gonna be one of the better running backs in the league. And so I think that's gonna be a tough matchup for them. And a Carson Wentz who's not playing too bad. Um so I I think that that's gonna be um arguably a, a more interesting game to me than even the Titans game will be. So if you're asking me to go wins and losses um, in, in the next few weeks, I, I will go out and say maybe two and two. Okay. Okay. I'm tempted to say, I'm tempted to say three and one, but I can, I can see the Colts winning that matchup. Um, and I do think that the, that the bills will get one of those games. And so so you, you would, you would put to, to round out the season, you would put Jacksonville and Miami in the win column as well. I'm assuming. Yeah. Because I think, I think that, there's no scenario I can envision in which the Patriots are going to come out flat against the Jaguars. I mean, if we've seen uh, aside from week one, arguably, right. And, and well, well, week one, and then 
the first three quarters of that game against the Texans. <laughs> the Patriots have not had any trouble beating up on the teams that you should beat, right? Like the bad teams. And, and again, I think that the way that they've been finding their groove right now, they're not the kind of team that looks past other teams or plays down to their level so much. So I think they're definitely going to take care of business against either one of those teams. And you know, they're going to want to get revenge for that week one loss. And I don't know if Miami is uh, in his in a position to do a whole lot about it. I, I will say this and I do agree with you. And, and I think we're both of the same mindset here when you're talking about this team as an 11 and six team, which should get you in the postseason. I don't know if it's going to be enough to win the division. You know, you'll, you, you could end up, at least theoretically tied with Buffalo that last game in Miami, that, that just scares the daylights out of me, you know, given, given the history there, given every, and look, it has nothing to do with anything when you're talking about this year, but I've been down there in December and January way too many times thinking, Oh, the Patriots are going to cruise in this one. And they walk into Miami and they lay an egg and they lose 24 to 14 or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and you know, this, that's an interesting point because as as we're thinking about it too, that that's, the 17th game of the season Mm -hmm. so now you're getting to that point where i I mean you're you're already going to be starting to get into you know the um you know the the meat grinder part of the schedule where it's like and they have a late bye week as well so these guys are playing a lot of games you know they're you know it's tough from week to week um and so now you've got that extra game and devin mccourty uh kind of referenced it uh the other day where he was talking about how he doesn't love the 17 game season Mm -hmm. because it's one more opportunity basically to get a beating, you know, especially for, you know, a 34 year old guy like himself. So it will be very intriguing to see where the Patriots are in this game, you know, because it'll be a division rivalry game. I'm sure the dolphins will be like, you know what? We took it to them in that first week. Why can't we do it again? And will the Patriots be able to maintain that focus in that last game when everybody's going to be aching and will they be able to to take care of business? Because I think that from, from a preparation standpoint, Bill Belichick and his teams are always among the best prepared in the league from, from a strategic standpoint. So I don't know that there's going to be anything that the dolphins do from an X's and O's standpoint, that's going to do a whole lot against them. And I don't really think it was that. I don't think that was the case the first week either. It's going to be about, can they with, whole you know can they withstand that last surge of the dolphins being like yeah let, let's you, we got the target on their backs let's get them again mm-hmm. um as well as that pounding that one more game of pounding before the playoffs cannot give them a chance you you can't allow and look we're, we're flashing forward a, a, an awful long time and there's a lot of football between now and then but but that game you cannot let miami think that they have a chance to hang around because that's when weird stuff starts to happen. And again, look, this has nothing to do with anything when you're talking about, you know, this team and the 2021 team, but it's just happened way too many times. And I think ultimately that's going to be the kind of thing that Bill Belichick will be able to use as a motivational tactic. Look, you think you're feeling pretty good about yourself. You're going down here. You're what, 10 and six at that point, you know, you're, you're still in the thick of the, the, the playoff fight. You can't walk into, you know, South Beach and think that, you know, you're going to roll over Miami because look what happened last year. Look what happened the year before. Look what happened the year before that. So again, I know that each year is separate in each entity, each team, every game is its own game, but I've just seen too many situations like that down there in Miami 
to think that, oh, well, they're just going to roll past the Dolphins. So I, I want to get your take on a couple of other things before we start to wrap up here. Give me the name of a team in the AFC that we are not necessarily talking about right now that still has a shot to kind of hang around, make some noise, you know, b- between now and the end of the season. I mean, I think that you know, we we kind of reference them, but I, I feel like the Colts are almost a team that I haven't yeah. – you, you almost you're not really thinking about them in terms of like one of the the best teams in in the AFC. But again, man, I'm watching Jonathan Taylor just running all over the Bills, and I'm just thinking, good gracious, like this guy is is impressive. And, and, and I mean, again, we already knew this; we already knew he was good, right? Um, I also think that we cannot forget about the Kansas city chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that sounds like, well, duh, of course we're going to pay attention to the Kansas city chiefs, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, they've been kind of written off a little bit because they haven't been playing very good football and Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over more than, than you'd expect. And the record's not as good as, as you would expect, but man, I, I think it, again, they're, you know, I think you catch them in the playoffs and that offense is still about as explosive as it gets in the, in the NFL. And I feel like every play, every time they get into the playoffs you know, or every time they've been there with Patrick Mahomes, people talk about how bad the defense is, right? Like, how are they going to win with this defense being as porous as it is? And they always find a way to just become average or, or even like a little bit better than average in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, they're scary now. I think that, the the Chiefs, you know, again, they're they're six and four coming into Sunday, and and, and I think that they're they're still a, a more much more dangerous team than I think we you know have been led to believe by the way that they played early this year, and they are definitely going to be a team that the, the playoffs are going to kind of have to go through them still. I think. I would add one more team to that mix too. I agree with you on those two teams. I would add the Chargers. That there is a there is boom bust potential there with a a young team that has shown an ability to run with some of the league's elite from time to time, not consistently, but they've shown that they have enough talent on both sides of the ball. It's just a question of whether or not they can put it all together. Plus, they have they also have in addition to Tennessee, they have a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. They they have the Texans they have the Giants. They have uh, what one game left against a reeling Raiders team. And so they at least are in position, I think, to make some noise down the stretch and potentially into January as well. I, I want you to give me one team that's in the mix right now that just has no shot at sustaining what they're doing. I mean, I think that the team that I've been kind of looking at, honestly, is the Texans because of the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's not fair. You know, maybe that's that that's a little bit harsh. But again, I, I feel like Ryan Tannehill has been good for them. You mean the because, Titans? You said that you said the Texans, but you, you mean the Titans, right? I mean, yes, I mean, the Tennessee yes. Titans. Okay. That, that's right. Yeah, because the Texans have never been in anything, <laughs> um, you know, but but I but I think that when, when it comes to the Titans, Ryan Tannehill is great for what the the Titans are with Derrick Henry. Right. He's not an outstanding quarterback, but he does what you want him to do when you're not running the football and you're not handing it to you know the best running back in the league. Now, if we have to see him go out and, and win football games, right? Like maybe, maybe they, they still make the playoffs as we've been talking about. We're kind of talking about them as a, as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't expect a whole lot from them, especially if Derrick Henry is not able to come back because we've seen this movie with Ryan Tannehill before. You know, he's had opportunities to lead teams to the playoffs. And when he was with the Dolphins, never amounted to a whole lot. Um, I also think that I'm concerned about the Browns because I think that you know, while they're still, you know, again, in, in this you know, playoff picture as of now, um, we saw them get exposed uh, pretty badly against, against the Patriots. And, and I just think that while they also have talent, I think that, you know, whether it's the, uh, the, the just the overall tumult of the season, uh, whether it's because Baker Mayfield's not healthy, I just think that there, there are too many holes in, this, in, in that offense in particular that Nick Chubb can't just fill every single one of them. I mean, so, so I think that without, without great play from the quarterback position, I'm not even a thousand percent sure they're going to make the playoffs. Um, and, and I mean, certainly I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be a struggle for them, even if they do, I don't think they win a playoff game this year. Let me pivot back to the Patriots here before we wrap up. I want you to give me your team MVP through 11 games. And then I'm assuming your rookie of the year is Mac Jones. So, uh, you know, the non Mac Jones category, when you're talking about rookie of the year and team MVP. Yeah. So, so I think that, you know, Mac Jones has been, you know, making a good case for this. I, I would say that um, Jamar chase would probably be the other guy, just given what he's done. Um, and and I, I think that it was, it was somewhat expected and yet surprising given how like, you know, people were ragging on him in the preseason for not being able to catch the ball. And then he comes out and dominates. You're like, well, yeah, because he's good. Um, I also think that, you know, in terms of uh, team MVP for the Patriots, I would go with Matthew Judon, because I think that if you look at the thing that the Patriots really did not have last year defensively. I mean, obviously they couldn't, they didn't stop the run very well. Right. But the other thing that they didn't do very well was, was get after the quarterback. I believe their leading uh, sack guy last year was chase Winovich with like five and a half. Yep. And I haven't even counted, counted the pressures. Matthew Judon is producing pressure at an elite level. As far as the league is concerned, um, at least among outside linebackers, I, I think, he's probably the second outside linebacker or something like that in the league in terms of pressures. Um, and then he's up there definitely in, in the top 10, as far as all defensive players um, and his ability to, to just get home and, and wreak havoc back there. And, and it's also given guys like, you know, Kyle Van Noy on the opposite side, Kyle Van Noy has been coming on as, you know, Matthew Judon has been continuing to dominate. And then Christian Barmore, you're working inside, you know, him and Judon, him and Van Noy, like they've, they've been able to, uh, you know, mixed and match, you know, with some of these stunts and loops and, and putting these guys and you know, putting Barmore together with those guys and letting them get after the passer together. But I think so much of that comes from the fact that Judon has been so hard to block on his own and, and has been, you know, demanding extra attention. You know I mean, like I'm trying to think last year, how many times did you see, uh, you know, opposing teams have to chip a Patriots edge rusher, like have yeah. to do it consistently. Yeah. Judon's getting chipped all the time because they have to do it. If they don't do it, he's going to beat them with an inside move or he's, <laughs> or he's going to draw a holding penalty. Right. So yeah. I think if, if you're talking about the guy who has been 
the, the one player who's added the most value got to be him compared to what they had last season. It's a fascinating conversation I had with Mike DeVito, former Chiefs defensive lineman, who talked about Judon and said he's not only producing and putting up the numbers and bringing it every single week, it's a domino effect when you consider his value on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm glad you bring this up that guys like Van Noy, guys like Barmore are benefiting from playing alongside Matthew Judon when it comes to their overall numbers. And and I think one of the reasons we've seen Van Noy come on over the last couple of weeks, and we've seen Barmore come on consistently over the last month or so is because of the emphasis that opposing offenses have on Matthew Judon. You got to look for him every single time. You got to figure out, commit at least one guy two, three to him because he is an, he is, he's a, he's a game wrecker who impacts a, a number of levels on the other side of the football. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I was thinking about this. I kept tweeting about it during, during this last game is that you can't block Christian Barmore mm-hmm. with one guy right now on, on pass rushing downs because he's routinely destroying centers and guards with his, with his pass rush moves, which are excellent for a rookie. But the problem is you have to block Christian Barmore with one guy, because if you block Matthew Judon with one guy, he's going to sack the quarterback. So the fact that you cannot devote extra attention to these other you know, players that are showing out along the Patriots defensive front. I mean, Devon Godchuk got a sack and this dude like came into <laughs> this past game with like four career sacks. And, and I mean, even he's getting back there because the thing is, you can't devote, you know, extra attention to the other guys because you have to do it for Judon mm-hmm. because he's just been too good um, if, if you're not doing that. And I mean, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, when, when he was signed, I liked the move a lot because I saw a little bit of how he played in Baltimore, but I did not expect him to be this good. I mean, I think that for whatever reason, New England fits really well on him, it's just like those red sleeves. Yeah, you go, well, that's that's the great thing, and I've joked about this before, that when you're re-watching the game on Game Pass, when you're watching the All-22, you instantly know where Matthew Judon is because of the red sleeves. It's it's like, a you know, you're looking for a certain wide receiver that has yellow gloves or something. You know, it, it's he's instantaneous. You can pick him out so easily, and you know where he is at all times, and he makes an impact on a consistent basis. Kyrie, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. As always, you can follow him at Katie Thompson five. You can read his stuff on boston.com. Where else can people find you these days? Well, you can find me occasionally on the, uh, on the color cast app where I, uh, you know, attempt to do uh, casts of games like the bears one today, though, again, it, uh, it caused me great pain. Um, but you know, for, for certain uh, check out our work on boston.com. You occasionally can, See my bylines on the globe. Good stuff. Thank you so much again, Kyrie. Thanks for taking the time. And once again, I, I hope we can hook it up again down the road in not too distant future. Absolutely. Would love it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.